fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. This is the program that has dedicated itself to tell you the truth no matter what. We will stand and we will tell you how Putin actually threatened the Biden administration in his speech yesterday. Something I know the Biden administration saw, but apparently no one in the news saw it or was willing to recognize it. Why? Because it leads directly to the truth. We'll tell you about that, the updates on Canada, and so much more. We begin in 60 seconds. First, living with pains and aches in your life can be a lot like looking into a beautiful painting through a dark, dark lens. Everything is a little bit fuzzier, and it's hard to see the things that are good. I've had pain in my life like that, and it just makes your day miserable. Relief Factor was created by doctors to help your body reduce inflammation. It's a major source of most pain. Also, it's a major source of of a lot of our other problems as well. It has four key ingredients that work together with your body as it fights against the effects of aging, exercise, and daily living. A three-week quick start is available right now for you. It's $19.95. It's a dollar a day trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. That says everything you need to know, I think. ReliefFactor.com. 800-4-the-number-4-relief. 1-800-4-relief. Or ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. All right, so I know that you don't usually uh, come to me for a pick-me-up. I'm never invited to a party without someone saying, really? Do you really want him here? Do you know people usually leave crying? You probably could have stopped after I'm never invited to a party. Okay, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Stu. (laughs) Every once in a while, we need some good news. And today is February 2nd, 2022. It is 2-22-22. At 10 22 today at night it'll be 2 22 22 22 22 and 22 seconds that's when we all go back through the wormhole to the universe we all remember right <laughs> right it opens up and it swallows us and we're like oh my gosh oh joe biden's not the president Oh, there were no crazy tweets. Twitter doesn't even exist. I love this place. Well, that could happen. Uh, But let me just tell you some good news here. Some reasons to believe. Our population has increased sevenfold over the last 200 years. The number of people, however, now living below the poverty line is in decline. Serious decline. Why? We've made vital goods like food, shelter, clothing, less scarce, all while we're working less hours than any of our ancestors. Why? In 1800, fewer than 1 million people could read or write. Today, 4.6 billion of us can. In pre-modern times, half of our children died. Half. In 1990, the child mortality rate one out of 11 and in 2019 it was one out of 27 we might look at things right now and say boy things suck 
but we are actually blessed to live at these times. If you actually had to look now, there's a parallel universe out there that I'd like to skate to really quick. But if we actually had to pick a time for us to be born, we have been born at the best time. Is it perfect? I don't think I could even get close to that word. But it is still better than all of the other times. And that is good news. That's what we're fighting for. Real progress. Now, there's some obstacles that we need to overcome, but you need to know exactly what is happening in the world. Russian President Vladimir Putin claimed in a speech on Monday that Ukraine was completely created by the Soviet Union in the aftermath of the 1970 Bolshevik Revolution. Ukraine, I'm quoting, an inherent part of our history, culture, spiritual space. There are comrades, relatives, not only colleagues, friends, but also our family, people we have blood and family ties with, Putin said. Okay, that doesn't sound good. And then he went into this really weird history lesson. Remember, he's the guy who said the fall of the Soviet Union is the biggest error in modern history. But he's... Which is a strange thing to say about that that particular century. There's a lot of big events that happened yeah, there. Yeah, right. However, however, I don't think he means the fall of the Soviet Empire of Soviet Union. He means the fall of the empire, because yesterday he went on to take on Lenin, Stalin, Khrushchev for giving away parts of the Soviet Union to Poland, Hungary, and Ukraine. He said uh, that these guys are responsible for taking apart the Russian Empire. Well, don't you still have Lenin on ice there in front of the Kremlin? Why is he doing this? Because of the influence of thought of one guy, Alexander Dugan. If you've ever read Alexander Dugan, this could have been written by him. He was talking all about the core values that we have and the religion that we all celebrate and the rise up of, of the, the old Russian empire, the pre-modern empire. It was scary stuff if you know what you are looking for. I don't know what his intention is. He looked crazy. He sounded crazy. If you look at what he said, read what he said. It sounds crazy, but if you know Alexander Dugan and what he preaches in uh, in Russia, oh, it's it's a fourth political theory. Now, I don't know if he was doing it because he has adopted this crazy philosophy, or he just wants people to think he's crazy, so they're like, "Don't screw with him; he's got a twitchy eye." One way or another, it doesn't really matter. Putin threatened yesterday a bloodbath if Ukraine resists the loss of territory because he took two states and they've they've you know, they have the Russian separatists in those two states. But what happened was when they took over Ukraine, you know, they killed almost all the Ukrainians. And then they sent in all of these Russian families and said, you, you, you and you, you're moving to Ukraine. But I don't. You're moving to Ukraine. So they moved to Ukraine and they've raised their family. And in these two particular states, there's a lot of Russian um, ties. Okay, 
and so they've always claimed that these really are Russian states. The Ukrainians say, no, it's a Ukrainian state, but you just sent a whole bunch of Russians in here. Um, and so yesterday he just took them and then signed a document, said, yep, they're ours now. Well, he recognized their independence. Yes, yes you thank know. you. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, you're right. And then sent troops immediately in, which is what you do with a new independent country. You're right, just, when you recognize, we're just recognizing them. That's yeah. all we're doing, and sending in troops. <laughs> right. It's not an invasion. No. Okay, so that's pretty much what our government said. It's not really an invasion. And this is what Putin's, I mean, sorry, this is what Joe Biden said in a gaffe, quote unquote. It wasn't a gaffe. He he he's just so senile. He doesn't know what he's saying. Sometimes he's like, oh, that was secret. I wasn't supposed to say that. Um, he's he has spoken in the past about we'll see what kind of invasion it is. If it's just like a little incursion, then we're not going to do much. Well, I got news for you. The rest of the world is doing a lot. We're not. But why? Let me tell you about the part of his speech that no one will talk about. No one's going to talk about the Alexander Dugan stuff because they don't have any idea what it is. I'm telling you, if you don't know who Alexander Dugan is and you're interested in world affairs, especially what Russia is up to, you should read the fourth political theory. Your hair will fall out. Okay. It's it actually, you'll read the first part of it, you know, a few chapters and you'll be like, yeah, that's right. Who's going to tell us what our heritage should be? Who's going to tell us what religion we've got to practice and tell us that our girls have to be uh, 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 alone on the swim team and that guys can't have babies? Who's going to? There's a lot in there that you'll go. Yeah, it's there for a reason. It's there to scoop up all of the disenfranchised people. You're going to agree with some of the stuff he says, and then you're going to, if you're smart, you won't get wrapped up in the rah-rah, and you'll see, okay, wait, wait a minute, what's his plan? Arm Armageddon? He's really for Armageddon. It will take Armageddon to reset the whole world. Yeah, I'm not for the Armageddon party. Maybe that's just me. Okay, so here's what he said, Putin. He talks about going in and the problems of Ukraine. And then he says this. At the time, radicals were becoming more and more brazen and their claims were becoming bigger and bigger. So they had no problem to influence the weak power that was weakened by the virus of corruption. And they were replacing cultural, economic, social interests of the people actual sovereignty of ukraine by speculations on nationalist ground cultural economic and social interests were being changed who does that sound like who could possibly change those who was over in 2014 to 2016 that could have possibly influenced cultural economic and social norms in case you don't know yet, he says uh, stable statehood hasn't been built in, uh, in Ukraine and the political electoral procedures. Oh, who could have changed those served as just a screen to divide power and assets between oligarch clans in a minute. Who was giving money to the oligarch clans? Corruption. That's a problem in a lot of countries, including Russia. Ukraine has become a thing of its own. It's been a, it's been corroding the entire system 
as the branches of the state and radicals use the unhappiness of the people, fear and happiness, so they rode uh, that we have, and they turned 2014 into a coup d'etat. They were backed by foreign states. From the data that we have, uh, the support of the so-called protest camp, the Independent Square in Kiev, came from the U.S. Embassy. It was $1 million per day. And additionally, large amounts of money were transferred to the private accounts of the leaders of opposition. And we're talking about tens of millions of dollars. Boom. Now, if you happen to watch our special on the impeachment of Donald Trump, we found all kinds of bad stuff going on in Ukraine with Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, George Soros and Barack Obama. Millions just lost. Gone. What happened? We were actually doing training a year before, maybe two years before 2014. We trained those people how to do a coup d'etat. Then the embassy was running money to them. Our social media was helping them. Huh. So this is why we're being such a weenie, I think. All of the people that were involved in that are currently in power here in the United States. All of the people that were doing all these really nasty things are still in the government of the United States. So when Putin just says something that nobody else will pick up, he knows nobody, but the White House will pick up on this. When he says this in an hour-long speech, and it's only a couple of lines, only those who are in trouble because they did those things will recognize it. Hmm. Ukraine was not brought closer to democracy after the coup d'etat, and the political forces that backed them brought the situation to a deadlock. They pushed Ukraine into a chasm of civil war. That is us. So if he goes forward, I think, I hope, what he's saying is, I'm only going to do this. But it'll be a bloodbath if I decide to take Ukraine. And guess who's responsible for me saying, we have to go save the Ukrainians. And who are we saving them from? The evil Americans. Believe me, if my research team can find all of the dirt on this administration and the Obama administration, you don't think Vladimir Putin can? Now, we've responded with panty waste sanctions. Germany just responded. They're closing the Nord Stream pipeline. And to that, Putin has responded today. I'll give you that in just 60 seconds. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Okay, let's say you've been really responsible and you have your house paid for, or almost paid for, but you don't have your credit cards paid down, and you're having a hard time because there's a lot of debt there. Please, please, I urge you, get those credit cards off of your plate. Roll them into a 
refi of your mortgage and do it now. Those interest rates on your credit cards are going to continue to go up and up and up. You won't be able to pay them off. All you have to do is get a refi loan, roll them into your, your uh, mortgage. You'll have a lower payment. You'll, um, you won't have to worry about the interest rate going up. And the interest rates are going to go up a great deal. And they will choke you to death on those high interest credit card rates. So even if your house is paid off and you're like, I don't want my house to have a mortgage. Trust me, it will be worse if you have high interest credit card rates. You'll have a harder time making that payment with those. American Financing, 800-906-2440 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, so the Nord Stream pipeline has been canceled by Germany. Yay! And Putin responded by saying, great, Europe, you can expect $2,000 a month energy payments. That's not going to go well. Well, maybe we can beg Saudi Arabia to send them some more oil or hope that some gas can be channeled out of the butts of cows. We could have helped them, but we can't now because we're not producing it. We were a net exporter just a year ago, a net exporter. But now we have no teeth and we can't help. In fact, this is going to cost us. Here's um, sought to please. Here's Kamala Harris. Can you explain to Americans what exactly will they face if, if this happens? Sure. As the president talked about in his speech, um, we are aware that Again, when America stands for her principles oh my gosh. and all of the things that we hold dear, um, it requires sometimes for, for us to put ourselves out there in a way that maybe we will incur some cost. And in this mm. situation, um, that may relate to energy costs, for example. But we are taking very specific and appropriate, I believe, steps mm-hmm. to mitigate what that cost might be if mm. it happens. Yeah. What are you doing exactly? Well, um, you have a Democratic congressman. Um, They seem to have really honed in to what the problem is at your gas station. Cut three. But the American people need to understand who is making the big profit Mm -hmm. on the gas. Yes. Right now, I would call for Congress, Senate and House to conduct immediate hearings on the profitability of the oil industry. Uh-huh. There is clearly price gouging going on clearly, here. You're going to whine and say, oh, it's not us, it's the uh, Saudi Arabians or somebody else. But the profits of those industries have gone through the roof. But independent of the, the profits of the companies, Congressman, it, it is your expectation, and this I should form this as a question, is it your expectation that this will, that gas could go above $5 a gallon in California, considering what we've heard from the White House, that there could be a cost, there will likely be a cost? Uh, yes, there is likely to be a cost. Exactly what that cost is okay, going to shut be. Shut up. I can't take it. It is not, it is not a price gouging situation. This is a problem that the White House has created by ESG standards. They are not funding anything for fossil fuels. 
if $5 a gallon for gas in California, mark my words, you are going to pay $5 a gallon for gas all over the country. It may not happen tomorrow, and it may not happen just because of Russia, but guarantee you will pay $5 a gallon of gas until Joe Biden and the financial community takes its foot off the throat of fossil fuel manufacturers. And I, and I was in California about a week and a half ago, and yeah. I saw $5 a gallon of gas. It's already there. It's already there. So uh, without this war, without all of these other things piling up on top of each other. So if you don't think $5 gallon gas is coming, especially in California, I mean, it's, it's already present. The Glenn Beck Program. When you're out getting a cup of coffee or you're trying to decide which set of kitchen cookware to buy, someone is going the extra mile to help you out. And it makes you feel good, doesn't it? When you're doing something really important like selling a home or both, someone going the extra mile to help you out is essential and you're really grateful for it, especially in the crazy times that we live in now. This is why I started Real Estate Agents I Trust. It is a free service to you and it will pair you up with the absolute top selling real estate agents in your area. The agents we work with know the best practices. They can help you negotiate as well as build a team of professionals to get the job done Right. And right the first time. If you've never worked with a real estate agent who was top of the line, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Do your own homework. You'll see what I mean. We'll send you the name of a re- great real estate agent in your area. Just contact us. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Then you meet with them and you see if there's a difference. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. The Great Reset, the book by Glenn Beck, is available now. Get the first chapter free at glennsnewbook.com. Can you explain to Americans what exactly will they face if if this happens? Sure. As the president talked about in his speech, um, we are aware that, again, when America stands for her principles... And all of the things that we hold dear, mm-hmm. um, it requires sometimes for for us to put ourselves out there in a way that maybe we will incur some cost. And oh in this mm-hmm. situation, um, that may relate to energy costs. For oh, example. okay, all right. But we are taking very specific and appropriate, mm-hmm. I believe, steps okay. so, to mitigate. You know, the little people are going to have to pay the costs of this. And you know, if it just darn it, it happens to be fossil fuels. Ah, shoot. But uh, we're but we're going for our principle. Shut up. You don't even know what our principles are. I'm tired of you talking about our principles because you despise American principles. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And I am. uh, Stu just said to me a minute ago, I'm offended by them using the word principles. They don't have, they have none. None. They have none. So Pat Gray is joining us here from uh, Pat Gray Unleashed. Um, Pat, I don't know if you saw, not only is energy costs going up now because of what, what uh, we're doing with uh, Putin, but farmers yesterday, uh, they came out with the cost of 
just the increase of cost of running a farm. And that's bad for farmers. But really, I'm glad it doesn't affect us. Because, oh, yeah, it's only the farmers. <clears throat> you know, I feel bad for the farmers. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, this will be fine for us. Yeah, it'd be fine. Uh, contract labor up 45.1%. Fertilizer. This chart says 18. The fertilizer that um, that most farmers use just this last weekend, it was reported is going up 300 percent. Why? Because of the next thing. LP gas, 2226.7 percent increase. Maintenance is 89 percent increase. Seeds, 30 percent increase. Insurance, 33 percent increase. So what's it's great that, gonna... that they're going to eat all that cost, though. For oh, us. yeah, that, gonna... that'll be yeah, great. They are, they're so rich. Yeah, they can do yeah, anything. I'm telling you, support your local farmers. Yeah, support your local farmers. Let me show you something I found in Costco going shopping in Costco. Give me this. This is saw this thought it was a misprint. Actually, ask the butcher. That can't be right. Uh, those two steaks are $99. What? This steak is what does it say there? $221. Is it it's not wagyu, is it? It's wagyu. It is. Yeah. Okay. But $221. That's a lot. For one steak? For one steak. That's a lot. That's a lot. lot. Not even cooked. I mean, that stuff a pound is like $180 a pound or something. Now, it's $221 a pound pound. now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's gone up just a little bit. So probably be buying uh, not as many of those steaks yes, as I usually yes. do. I'm telling you, you're going to be eating bugs. <laughs> you are. They, have you noticed this push for bug eating? The bug yeah. eating is big. It is. For a couple of years now, they've been hammering that bugs are a lot of protein. They're so, you know, if you, you know, put them in some olive oil, if they're delicious. Every, everybody keeps laughing about it. <laughs> you're kind I know. of weird for not wanting to eat them. It's kind of attitude. Are. Yes, yeah. it but, is. And yeah. yes, we are laughing because it's completely ridiculous. And Americans aren't going to eat bugs. Uh, the Americans will eat bugs if, if that's the only, if thing, that's the only thing you have. Listen and, to this. Yeah. So uh, there's a, trans, uh, a transition period that may be brutal to some that's why we have to harness uh, the economic protiv- uh, productivity through nature-based solutions. This oh, is a quote from great. a new book out by Charles, uh, not Charles Schwab, um, uh, Klaus Schwab. Uh, Klaus Schwab is the leader of the Great Reset. So he just put this out and he said, um, you know, we're going to have to have nature-based solutions because things are going to be too expensive. Uh, that's why um, we'll have alternative food protein sources mm-hmm. like beans and bugs. <laughs> it's terrible. You eat that's, the damn bugs. Yeah. Yeah. Be my guest. And people have got to wake up. They, they think that this is all a joke. They think that that's too crazy to happen. What hasn't been too crazy that has happened recently? And look at the farm increases you're talking about. Their, their cost of doing business and Putting them out. Growing crops. Putting them out. Putting them out. uh, They'll go out of business if they don't raise their prices. They will. They're going to have to raise the prices. Except for corn in Iowa, which I guess has really fertile land. They're saying now, because of the um, price of of, uh, fertilizer going up, that we will have a 40% yield of what we normally have. Mm. 40% yield. That's not good. That's not good. No. That's not good. Suboptimal, you'd call it? Yeah, I, I would. 
And then you have what's going on. You with go the, that far? I go to suboptimal. Sub wow, really? Wow. I hate to get the emotions going yeah, with a I phrase know. like that because it's know. just you know. But it's appropriate in this instance. I think. I think so. Uh, <clears throat> then, then you go to the banks, and I just like to again r- remind you what Canada made uh, permanent yesterday. The government's new directive called Emergency Economic Measures Order. Uh, The order says that the banks and other financial entities like credit unions, co-ops, loan companies, trusts, cryptocurrency platforms and insurance companies must stop providing any financial or related services uh, to anyone associated with the protest up in Canada. Um, That's frozen accounts, stranded money, canceled credit cards. I'm going to show you some stuff that they're doing up. They made this permanent yesterday. They extended the the uh, emergency order yesterday Mm -hmm. but there's a reason why they did it and it's it's brilliant it's evil but it's brilliant i mean they are going to impoverish people who stand up against things yeah and they're they're taking away they've already confiscated the trucks from the truckers yeah uh in ottawa and with glee and they're auctioning them now they're going to auction them off yeah it's it's the same uh, asset forfeiture thing that's going on here here in the United yeah. States. There's no trial. No, they haven't any trial. And they haven't been charged. Most of them no. have not been charged nope. with anything. Nope. They haven't been arrested. They haven't gone to jail for the most part. There are a few of them did, but they've they haven't been convicted of anything. Nothing. It's, it's only after you've been convicted of something should your ill-gotten booty be sold off if it was ill-gotten. But we've, we've but their trucks aren't ill-gotten even then. We've left that. That train in the station long ago. Long time ago. Long time ago. People don't understand. Asset forfeiture happens a lot here in America. It does. And it it just happened again. The FBI seized almost a million dollars from this family. And this wasn't a case of driving around with cash in their car. They seized it from their bank accounts and took why to make to $892,000 to be specific. Wait, why? Um, they started to investigate them. Uh, the Bureau took funds from every corner of their world, uh, including Amy's savings that she racked up after decades of practicing as an attorney. And uh, agents showed up at their home, informed them that uh, they were under investigation for allegedly depriving Amazon of their honest services. Wait, what? What? Yeah, in plainer terms, they accused Carl, uh, the husband, of showing favor to certain developers and securing them deals in exchange for illegal kickbacks. And he says that never happened. And it's exactly why I fought this as long and as hard as I have. And they just seized because they're investigating him for this. Eight hundred ninety-two thousand dollars from these people. They <laughs> lost. They lost their home. They lost their cars. Uh, they're they sued, but they haven't they supposedly reached a deal where supposedly they're going to return five hundred and twenty five. Oh, that's of big it. of them. About half. You of know, it. this is actually the most that one is Not the most questionable out of them. Usually they're just like, hey, what do you have that cash for? Yeah, they just yeah. pull you uh, over for a traffic yeah. stop and but just take the money. Still short no, of short of showing us the evidence and convicting me of a crime. You, you can't, can't take, take that money. Nope. Nope. It is unconstitutional to do what they're doing and, over and over and over and again. And it's people just don't <clears throat> understand. This is coming mm-hmm. for everyone. Yes. If you nobody's st- safe on if this. If you step out of line, it mm-hmm. will. I mean, Mike Lee and Rand Paul 
uh, are trying to bring up their their uh, bill that they tried to get passed under Trump. Limit the emergency powers. Limit the emergency powers. Well, they couldn't get it uh, under Trump. They think maybe they can get it now. I don't think so. I don't think you're not going to limit emergency powers on these guys. No. But that's what Congress should be doing. And it's not just emergency powers. Uh, Trudeau invoked the emergency powers because he could. Mm -hmm. And so he did. And he said, it's going to be temporary. Really? Yesterday, they voted in Parliament to extend it, to give it its stamp of appeal. First chance they got. First chance they got. They extended it. First chance they got. Now, they used a trick, and I'll tell you about that trick um, here in uh, just a minute. But do you think our government is beyond a trick? No. And no. all they have to no. do, they already, he just enacted ESG. Their prime, uh, their finance minister, like our treasury department, they are uh, a member of the board of council or something for ESG. In Canada? In Canada. She is a board member of the World Economic Forum on the Great Reset. So she's all on board. All Trudeau had to do was say, yeah, go ahead and just enact that. Uh, and we're just going to do it through emergency powers. But this is what it's about. This is what's coming. And you can't seem to get anybody to really <laughs> care or act yeah, on it. I think there are. I think people don't know what to do. I well, that's true. That's true. I mean, look that at this. You, you've been talking about taking your money out of the big banks for a while, but even doing that wouldn't protect you against this type of thing. No. Uh, and that's why you get to the cryptocurrency world and then you see what they're trying to do to cryptocurrency in Canada. They're trying to, I don't know how you freeze a Bitcoin account. I don't think you can necessarily do they that. Close unless you the have it. They close the off ramps. Yeah, right. You, you wind up with your money in some exchange and they go through the exchange to shut it down and deny access to the funds that you have. I mean, Mm-hmm. they're doing everything they can to control every little bit of your life meanwhile look this up they're doing the hamilton project the fed in boston is in charge of the new digital currency and it's called the hamilton project the guy who mm-hmm. wanted the first mm-hmm. central bank the first bank of the united states uh and they're working with mit and what's interesting is they said that they didn't want to work through blockchain because they needed more transparency than that. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. But blockchain is every every transaction is publicly posted. How much more how much more transparency could you possibly need? I don't know. Be able to uh, just more, just more, more. Than, just more. <laughs> just, more. just, just more make that. sure okay. that they can yeah. turn it on and off, or mm-hmm. anybody they want, and know mm-hmm. exactly what people are doing. Well, they've shown pretty well that they can get a hold of the blockchain funds. Haven't they? I mean, the FBI has has done that already and confiscated them, yeah. people's money. Yeah, I mean that they just had a three point six billion dollar. I mean, I don't know bust. what I don't know what people think tyranny looks like more than taking everything you own. Other than that, I mean, you can't yeah. go buy food, you can't get a job. I don't know what you're waiting for. What, well, I'm what, waiting until I'm behind bars okay, or barbed wire. Right. That's yeah. tyranny. Yeah. That's tyranny. Uh, looking at this story, by the way, from Pat, two years. They haven't charged them in two years. Right. Two Have they years. charged everybody? And almost a million dollars. Have, have they gone? Have they charged anybody in uh, or everybody in January 6th? 
Are all those people? That's no, we're going on. A lot of them are still waiting. Yeah. Year and a half yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Patriot Mobile. If the truckers taught us anything, it's that we are infinitely more powerful when we stick together. And the same goes for supporting businesses that believe in this country and your right to live free. That's why I'm proud to partner with Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. And I want you to join them today, too. We must stand together. We have to stand together uh, or we will um, we'll hang alone, hang separately, as Ben Franklin said. Uh, Patriot Mobile has the same nationwide coverage. They use the same cell towers. They will get the same coverage and you'll save a lot of money. Some people save as much as half. They have plans to fit any budget, 100% U.S.-based customer service team, and they don't donate to things like Planned Parenthood. They donate to uh, causes like Defense of the First Amendment and Second Amendment. They are pro-life. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck, 972-PATRIOT. Get on the same team so we're all pulling together. 972-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Miss a day, miss a lot. Visit blazetv.com today and never miss a moment of truth. Uh, This is... The Glenn Beck program coming up in just a minute. I want to give you the uh, the latest from the World Economic Forum and from Canada. It's it's amazing. If you if you don't have sources like I have, I have I have sources all over the world and sources um, that are, you know, journalists, investigators, all kinds of stuff. If you don't know. Um, if you're just watching the news, it's amazing how much has been left out. When you see what Trudeau did yesterday, what is your take on what Trudeau did with the financial uh, sector yesterday? The emergency powers. He just extended it past the emergency. How did he do it? Uh, I mean, what I saw the reporting was that he went to Parliament and they mm-hmm. approved it. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you? That he's not in this alone, that there's a lot of support for these types of things. Exactly right. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That is all a lie. Mm. Because of what really happened yesterday, that you won't find any, you have to dig to find this. This is critical information in understanding, are Canadians really for this or against this? It was politics yesterday that stopped the invasion on people's civil rights. It was all politics, had nothing to do with the emergency order. And I'll explain it coming up. I want chocolate really, really. That's the only solution here. It is. All these problems can be solved by chocolate. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking, you know, just the world is coming to an end, so just eat yourself to death. It's true. Because uh, if, if you're going to have these problems, you might as well just be fat. Right. Yeah. Who cares? That's not a good idea. No? No. I don't think that's you're a sure. good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So well, you, you could test it. Yeah, I have. I have. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, what's better than working out is everything. 
Everything mm. is better than that. What's better than eating a protein bar? Again, working out is better than that. Eating a built bar. Yes, it's a protein bar, blah, blah, blah. But I've never had anything like this. My, my uh, youngest daughter gave me a, something that was a energy bar or something. And, I, and she's like, Dad, this tastes just like chocolate. And I ate it and it didn't. It tasted like figs. And I'm like, that's not chocolate. Built bar. That tastes exactly like chocolate because it is chocolate. They have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein made with 100% real chocolate. They are delicious and a way for you to get the protein you need and without all the calories and the sweet tooth. Built.com. Built.com. It's the Glenn Beck program. What really happened in Canada yesterday? Did Parliament actually vote to extend these emergency powers as draconian as they are? Yes. And a big no. I'll explain in 60 seconds. The way they're hiding stuff from people is unbelievable. Just to throw you off the track. Uh, Relief Factor is our sponsor this half hour. When you're living your life in a lot of pain, it can be easy to give up hope. Don't. Don't. There is an answer out there for you. I know how it goes. I've been there. I was in massive pain. It's one of the reasons I moved to Dallas to get away from the cold. Boy, that was stupid. You hear we have snow coming tomorrow? What What is happening? Global warming. I know. Give me more of it. Uh, I hear from people all the time who are in the same uh, boat that I was in, living in pain. Relief Factor was created by doctors to help your body reduce inflammation. And that is the key. And they have four different ways to attack it. Four different ingredients. Each work together with your body as it fights against the uh, the effects of aging and exercise and daily living. So, three-week quick start. Try it. It's $19.95. It's a dollar a day. It's a trial pack. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Try it now. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com or 800, the number four, Relief. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. I feel like every day I should start with this. Every hour should start with this. The government's new directive in Canada, called the Emergency Economic Measures Order, goes beyond asking banks to simply stop transferring funds to protest organizers. 
The government says banks need to stop doing business with some people altogether. The order says that banks and other financial entities like credit unions, co-ops, loan companies, trusts, cryptocurrency platforms, and insurance companies must stop providing any financial or related service to people associated with the protests. A move that will result in frozen accounts, stranded money, and canceled credit cards. They're also ordering the insurance company to suspend policies on any vehicles that are part of an unlawful public assembly. The financial institutions can't handle cash, issue a loan, extend a mortgage, or facilitate any transaction of a designated person while the Emergencies Act is in place. Yesterday, they voted in Parliament to keep it in place. Now, that's what you will hear, and you will go, wait a minute. So are Canadians really for this? Is that who Canadians really are? Nope. Trudeau did not have the votes to get this extended. So he played a little political game. He said, well, if you're not going to support this and and help me uh, keep this emergency measures order, which will put these people in their place, I'll view that as a vote of no confidence and I'll quit. Oh, no, who's going to take their toys and go home? Now, what does that mean? I mean, here I mean, in America. This sounds kind of good. It I does. Mean, it sounds kind of wonderful, actually. Unless, yes, you should quit. Unless you're under a parliamentary system and mm. you're a liberal. Right. Now, imagine we were under a parliamentary system and Joe Biden said, I'm going to make get. And we interpreted that as I'm going to quit. If we had a parliamentary system, that would trigger elections. New elections. Immediately. So if you're if you're in power in Canada, you're not in a position right at this moment to want new elections. You're going to lose them. You're going to lose everything. Mm -hmm. Imagine elections today. I don't think Joe Biden could say. And we would interpret that as I'm going to nuke Kansas. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the left would say, we're OK with that. We're OK. Mm-hmm. We're OK. They would be. Probably okay? They okay probably would be. Mm-hmm. Um, in Texas, for sure. But like right now, if Joe Biden was like, I'm going to launch snap elections, the left would obviously get slaughtered in those slaughtered. Elections. Yeah. So that's what happened. So then a conservative said after they voted for the. Uh, against the no confidence vote and you can have your toys and you just stay with us because if you don't stay with us we're all going to go bye bye too because we're going to be forced to what happened a conservative stood up and said because trudeau does not have the numbers to continue this emergency order and so someone a conservative stood up and said, I'd like to uh, move that we vote on those two separately. We have the no confidence uh, vote. Now let's vote on the. And gosh, darn it. They were just all out of time this week. They just oh, kidding me. They were all out of time. They wanted to do it. They wanted to do it. The speaker was like, oh, oh, oh shoot. All out of time. Mm. And so they couldn't couldn't do that so that means that it is still in a state of emergency i'm telling you this is going to go on until they have made it impossible to dig it out they are making all of these financial rules permanent in canada 
Here's Trudeau yesterday. The Emergencies Act is not something to undertake lightly, and it's something that needs to be momentary, temporary, mm-hmm. and proportional. Mm-hmm. That's why every single day I'm receiving briefings and we are reflecting on how much longer the Emergencies Act needs to be in place. We don't want to keep it in place a single day oh. longer than necessary. Of course not. Mm-hmm. That, but know. even though... Uh, The blockades are lifted uh, across border uh, openings right now, Mm -hmm. Uh, even though uh, things seem to be resolving very well in Ottawa. Seem to be. This state of emergency is not over. Wow. Uh, There continues to be real concerns uh, about the coming Mm -hmm. days, uh, but we will continue to evaluate every single day uh, whether or not uh, it is uh, time and we are able to lift this state of emergency. That is great. That is exactly the way um, Hitler took power. Uh, the Enabling Act? And, uh, nothing. <laughs> he, yeah, sure. Yeah, he went, uh, he went and he killed a bunch of SS, I'm sorry, SA people. Mm-hmm. These were the brown shirts. They were on his side. He said they're just getting out of control. And I, I had to do it. There were plots against the regime. And I know I violated the Constitution, but I have to do it. I had to do it and I do it again. So arrest me or kick me out as chancellor but i did the right thing for the republic and gosh darn it guess who embraced him the german people you know he did kill his own people and we've been crying out for somebody to kill those people or take him off the street so he can't be that bad of a guy sure he violated the constitution let's not worry about it this time And there was an Emergency Powers Act that had to be enacted because you never know if the bad guys are coming. I thought we had all decided the Enabling Act was bad. You think? I thought we were like, you know, let's not just enable the the leader of a country to kind of do whatever they want and call it an emergency that extends forever. Kind of thought we were in agreement on that. Apparently not. Well, not for good reasons. Okay. Okay. I mm-hmm. mean, if the if, if the leader has good reasons, mm. you know, like fear, then it's okay. What are they going to do? If this is a let's remember what we're talking about here. A bunch of people in trucks parked for a couple of weeks. What happens if there's an actual crisis? Well, there was one. There was one in Vancouver uh, or in the in British Columbia. Where 20 eco-terrorists took over, um, threatened lives, uh, put four people in jeopardy uh, because they were shooting uh, some sort of tear gas or flares. Yeah, yeah, flares into cars where people were. Mm. But they didn't do anything about that. That's fine. But I'm saying like, you know, I don't I'm just going to I'll throw just going to throw one out. Because I, I, you're looking for a specific that I can't give you. So I'll just give you a, a generalized possibility. Like, okay. what happens if a giant world war were to break out in the next couple of weeks? It, in that outlying possibility, how do these governments react? I mean, th- let me let me put it another way. Start here. Start here. We know that Russia has gone into two regions of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. this is something we said was a red line, and obviously is no longer a red mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. They've cro- they've done this. Let's just say they continue to go through Ukraine. What are the odds of that? Seemingly at this point, pretty high, right? It could, it's that certain, they go continue they to go continue through. to take o- and go for all of Ukraine. It's not it's not zero percent. No, it's probably it's not a hundred. 30%. 30%. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think that strikes me as about mm-hmm. correct. 
So they could go, be 70. It could be 70. <laughs> but I mean, they definitely seem like they are doing They something. will at some point. They will at some point. He's basically telling everyone that. I mean, that speech oh, yeah. that he went through yesterday. Was, it's like it's ours. It's, it's all ours. ours. It's always been ours. So we're not taking it because it's not a country. Right. Right. Like we can't. We're not invading a country because it's just our country. Yes. You know. Yes. So, OK. So they decide to go for all of Ukraine somewhere between 30 and 70 <laughs> percent. So what happened? What are the odds of this spir- spiraling out of control right across the border. You've got Poland, you've got Lithuania nearby, you've got all these countries that are NATO countries. If they take Kiev, if they just went in. Yeah, they go for the whole thing, and then let's say it spills over. Oh. Maybe uh, they continue to go. Maybe a couple a couple of soldiers decide to fire rockets and starts a, a wider conflict. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, then we're pulled into a war with Russia that is only a couple of, of believable steps away from where we are right now. Okay, so I don't think we are going to be pulled in. No troops were gonna, would go in. We don't need those anymore. Vladimir Putin was right when he said about three years ago, we're already in World War III. People just, you people, just meaning us, uh, just haven't woken up to it. Your leaders keep denying it. But World War III is going to be fought with ones and zeros. Okay, Mm. so when we, for instance, the pipeline could trigger this and they Germany just pulled the pipeline off. That's going to mean prices for heating and uh, and and natural gas going to go through the roof in Europe. Putin responded this morning with, well, there's two thousand dollars a month for your uh, energy per household that will just cripple Europe. Um, so that may just soften everybody up to go, just let them have it. Just let them have it. Um, I don't know. The The other thing is, and this may have targeted this, if we do this to them, I know if Joe Biden is serious about these financial uh, restrictions, that will mean that, that Putin will take on, in my opinion, um, the ones and zeros campaign, and he will target our financial institutions. Uh, he could he could go off go after our our you know electrical grid whatever. But if he goes after our financial institutions, the Great Reset will immediately be triggered. Guarantee it because that's what they're looking for. That's what they're expecting. In December, they did a war game where a country like Russia targeted our financial the Western financial markets. And it started to take it down. What do we do? They had to trigger the Great Reset immediately. Take everybody who was saying, hey, this is a real problem. And here's what they're really doing. And, and we got to really. That's what they're planning on doing. Take them off the air. Silence the voices. It'll happen that fast. And that's. So what are we supposed? How do you prepare for this? Because you just listed off five or six different major ways this could go down. And is it even plausible to try to prepare for all of them or even half of them? How do you prepare for? A fight? So I think you have to I think you have to change the way you look at things. So let me let me take a break and then come back and I'll give you. Um. I'll give you something that uh, I felt in prayer just a week ago or early. Maybe it was a few days ago. Yeah, it was like last Thursday. 
And it changed my thinking entirely on how to prepare. I'll give you that. And then how do you protest? I'll give you that as well. Coming up in just a second. Well, as the world melts down, you might as well keep your skin nice. A lot of people struggle with red, inflamed, and even blotchy and uneven skin tones. So if you're one of them, know that you're not alone and you can do something to change it. What about fine lines, forehead wrinkles, under the uh, eye puffiness? In the past, the only solution has been abrasive, irritating products, and nobody wants that. So now you don't have to have that. Thanks to GenuCell's Ultra Retinol Cream, you can get the skin healing and hydrating effects you're looking for, but without the harsh irritation. GenuCell's uh, Alternative Cream helps you correct red, inflamed skin, uh, visibly reduce wrinkles, even out uh, the skin tone. And it's made for sensitive skin and provides effective hydration for all skin types. It's perfect for both men and women. It's a great gift as well. It's the best possible solution for all of your skincare needs. And now, GenuCell's Ultra Retinol is free when you order their most popular package. You save over 60% on GenuCell favorites and get an extra 20% off when you enter the code BECK at checkout. It's GenuCell.com, GenuCell.com. All orders are upgraded to free priority shipping for a limited time. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. The code is BECK at GenuCell.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So I want to talk about two different things. Uh, first, I am really am getting so frustrated with Christians that say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we got to return back to God, but no, there is no but after that. There is no but after that. Without God, we do not make it. We can do all kinds of things, but without him, we won't make it. I just was reading before I went on the air today, I was reading um, chapter 11 of Hebrews. And I just want to just give you uh, just the first couple of sentences of uh, of each paragraph. Uh, now, faith is the substance of all things hoped for and the evidence not seen uh, for through uh, faith. We understand that the world's then by faith, Abel offered. And then the next paragraph by faith. Enoch was translated um, without faith. It is impossible to please him by faith. Noah warned of God's uh, warnings of things to come uh, by faith. Abraham, blah, blah, blah. By faith, he sojourned, blah, blah, blah. Um, through faith, Sarah found herself received all the way. It goes pages and pages and pages of by faith. These things happened. So by faith. We will find the answer and we will make the journey we are supposed to make. And without faith and without constant communication, we're not we're going to get lost. And let me tell you about my prayer on Thursday. I am going through exactly what you're going through. We're all going to go through it. Okay, what do we do to prepare? What do we do to prepare? If you think like uh, the the very wise Jewish people did in the 1930s, what will have value after a collapse? Well, food is one thing. If food starts to go through the roof and it will, you're going to need food. So that's the first thing you do. And I've been thinking, okay, so what will people, what will people still want? 
and I have been for the last year, I have been collecting, um, I've been collecting art. I've been collecting things that the Jews did back in the thirties. You could trade it. Um, Thursday, I was praying. What do people want? And I was scolded. I don't know what people are going to want. They're going to want a lot of things. Why don't you ask, what is it that people are going to need? I was a little embarrassed by that. I have been thinking about my family. And there are so many good consequences that happen and good things that come from thinking, what are others going to need? So my family and I are now dedicating ourselves to figuring out how we can provide things that people will need in times of trouble. And I think that can be something that you do as well. First, take care of your family. If you have no money, buy extra food at the grocery store, food that will last. If you missed the segment on the price of uh, the, the, what it takes to be a farmer and how it has all gone up, and the price 300% increase on fertilizer and a shortage of fertilizer, that could mean our crops are 60 to 40% yield. That's going to make food itself more expensive. Everything is going to go up. If you can store things, store things, because those are the real commodities. Those are the things our grandparents used to can, and they canned, and they did it. My grandmother had, like, years of stuff, you know, canned, and then she would just cycle through them, and she did it because she lived through the Great Depression. Start thinking that way. Now, what can we do to thwart this and change the course? Seeing that it is Washington's birthday, I'm going to give you uh, how to protest according to Washington. Next. The Glenn Back Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Imagine if you had the opportunity to save tens of thousands of dollars over the course of your mortgage. Think about that for a second. What would you do with that much money? Tens of thousands of dollars. What would you do with it? Make some things better, right? I know your day is busy enough, but please take a few minutes to give American Financing a call. Let their salary-based mortgage consultants do a free mortgage review for you. Uh, you could qualify for a refi or a consolidation loan that could end up saving you hundreds of dollars a month, maybe as much as a thousand. If you have a lot of high-interest credit cards, you're going to save a buttload of money. So please check into this and do it today. Make the call to American Financing. A loan with them could literally change everything. There's never any obligation, no upfront fees, uh, nothing like that. They're just people that work for you and not the banks. So contact them, AmericanFinancing.net, AmericanFinancing.net, or call 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. They're waiting for your call now.
Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Yesterday was President's Day, but today is actually George Washington's birthday. We're supposed to uh, celebrate all presidents, um, but when I was growing up, it was Lincoln uh, that we celebrated. And then Washington, I brought a couple of things in. This is the key to the box number seven at Ford's Theater, occupied by President Lincoln the night of his assassination, April 14th, 1865. That's the key that opened that door. This is the uh, bloody cuff that uh, was taken from, you can see the, on the other side, actually, you can see the blood stains on this uh, cuff. This is what he was wearing that night. You can see some of the stains through it. Um, This is the door handle of his house. And everybody who sees this is like, can I just touch the door handle? Yeah, of course you can. It'll uh, cost you, but you can do it. Yeah, it'll cost you. <laughs> we tell you the fee after you do it, obviously. Right. Exactly right. It's amazing, it's isn't incredible. it? incredible. Now, yeah, I gave uh, back that key already. I, wait a minute. It's not here, though. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about this. And this is from George Washington. Today is George Washington's birthday. And... If we are talking about how do we save our country, because we are a country really of rebels. We are a country uh, of the Boston Tea Party. We were founded on questioning government. We're supposed to. But in the old days, they used to tar and feather people. And, you know, you, you rarely died from your run of the mill tar and feathering. If really? They, yeah, if they wanted to kill you with tar and feathers, they could, um, you know, they could do it, uh, dipping you in tar. But um, that was if they wished you dead. Usually they just wanted to make an example. This was the case with a guy that you've probably never heard of, Robert Johnson. And it happened on September 11th, 1791. So Hamilton uh, had passed his whiskey tax. And as taxing all the whiskey, and I'm like, wait a minute. Johnson was riding his usual tax collection route when he was surrounded by 11 women, he thought. But they were actually 11 men in women's clothing. They stripped him naked, tarred and feathered him, took his horse, and left him in the forest. But he didn't die, and they didn't want him to die. They wanted his scars to be a warning to every tax collector in the region. If you try to collect this tax on whiskey, we'll make your life a living hell. So he recovers and Johnson issues a warrant for the arrest of two of his assailants who he recognized, you know, even dressed as a woman. Some guys can't pull it off, I guess. Unfortunately, the man delivering the warrants was also tarred and feathered and left tied to a tree. Johnson did exactly what they wanted. He quit the tax collecting business after that. The violence just got worse and worse. And anyone with any connection to tax collection was a target. Even the collector's wives and children's. I mean, it sounds a little like sounds a little like what Trudeau is doing. Anyone even associated 
you can lose everything. Well, the people in Pennsylvania, it was Western Pennsylvania, divided uh, under the regime of the rebellion. Uh, it was a revolt that was up, upending everybody's lives, but they, they also didn't like the whiskey tax. And they looked for leadership. That's when George Washington wrote this letter. He tasked General uh, Henry Lee with leading 1,200 men, a militia, to squash the rebellion in western Pennsylvania. Now, I have heard this story a million times. I heard it in school, and I hear it all the time. And I hear one of two things. I hear George Washington, yeah, tell me, George Washington and the whiskey tax. In fact, I heard that just last week from Michael Malice. Tell me about a benevolent government with a whiskey tax. Didn't he just say that last Friday? I think he did, yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't, that shows you don't understand the story of Washington and the whiskey tax. I've also heard, you know, from the others, these were really bad guys. They were just so violent and horrible, and they all needed to die. Neither one of those are true. In this letter in my hand, Washington laid out his expectations for Lee's army. He said, first... To combat and subdue all those who may be found in arms in opposition to the national will and authority. Second, to aid and support the civil magistrate in bringing offenders to justice. The disposition of this justice belongs to the civil magistrate. And let it ever be our pride and our glory to leave the sacred deposit there unviolated. So... He was hoping that rounding these guys up and bringing them to justice would be enough to end the violence. He was right. The rebels scattered and the revolt ended without any further violence. Okay, but what about the whiskey tax? Well, I'll get there. 150 men were tried for treason. Only two met the very high standards that is outlined in our Constitution. Two of them were guilty. That means that they had to be executed. Washington pardoned both of them. The whiskey tax? President Jefferson repealed it. Here's the thing. The mob's cause wasn't bad. Jefferson, even Washington himself, thought the whiskey tax was unfair. And Americans had been rebelling against taxes for 30 years, resisting taxation. It was American. It used to be. Why should the people pay the government's debt? They had a point. But they didn't understand who they were rebelling against. And they didn't understand that that's not the way you make friends in America. They lost their way. They got violent. And that's what most people remember about that, the violence. You don't have to discuss the merits of of their argument or the validity of their cause. That's not what people talk about. It's either George Washington was the first to put his foot down on the neck of people, or these guys were so violent they all should be destroyed. Well, that's not right. The story of the Whiskey Rebellion and the reason why I'm telling it to you today 
is this is another example of Washington's leadership and Washington's credibility. He understood what was right and wrong, but he trusted the system. Now, I don't trust the system. But I do trust that the people, when they come to their senses, will change the system. And violence delegitimizes good ideas. Good intentions are forever stained by bad actions. We constantly walk the line between compliance and anarchy. The whole American experiment hangs in the balance. If we slip into mindless submission or step out into violent rebellion, we lose. Did you hear me? If we slip into mindless submission or step into violent rebellion, we lose. Washington balanced those two. It requires immense discipline, discernment, care. But he knew something that I'm not sure we all know. It's worth doing it the right way because this is worth saving. All that's required is to remember, like he did, who he was, who you are, who we are as a nation. We are the Boston Tea Party. We are not the, risk, the Whiskey Rebellion. They confused them. Washington set them straight. We cannot forget that. By the way, I have, I, I look for the dark things in American history because I think it is really important to know all the bad things in American history. If we don't know the bad, we'll be surprised. David Barton collects all the good things in American history. I have looked for the bad things about George Washington. I cannot find them. I can find them with a 20th century scholar who never met them or can't give me a footnote on why they think that. It's just that scholar's opinion or an opinion based on an earlier scholar also from the 20th century that has no footnotes. He may have been the greatest man to ever live in America or lead a nation. And may his spirit never explode nor be extinguished. The more we model ourselves after George Washington, the safer we will all be. Well, as always, cybercrime is on the rise. It just never shrinks. It gets bigger as we grow more and more dependent on the Internet. Here's some things that won't protect you against cybercriminals. Voodoo dolls. A sticky note left on your computer monitor saying, please don't hack into me. Or a decoy computer sitting out in your yard. I tried that one for a while. Doesn't work. Here's the thing that will help protect you against cybercriminals. A tough little thing called LifeLock. Our information is at risk every day. That's why LifeLock is here. They can't catch everything. Nobody can, but they can monitor the things better than anyone else can, especially those of us on our own. 
And if you do become a victim, they have a restoration specialist that can work with you to help fix the problem. So join now and save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Call 800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off now at lifelock.com. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. The one, the only Mike Rowe joins us in studio here in just a few minutes. Uh, let me uh, give you a couple of other stories here that the reason why we we have to uh, talk about the Great Reset is because it is a global thing and it looks darn near impossible to stop. But it's not if you look at it from the local level. And it is so important that you get involved in the local level. Let me give you this. A fairness or a fairness ordinance in Nebraska has triggered a firestorm in Lincoln, Lincoln City Council. Uh, they passed an ordinance on February 14th, according to a report by the Lincoln Journal Star. This is from the the city council. 67-page ordinance affects everyone in the city from churches to schools to your gym and local swimming pool. Nonpartisan issue. The ordinance penalizes citizens for expressing a worldview different than those currently in positions of political power. The group claimed February 15th that the 67-page ordinance was an effort to circumvent a referendum on a version of the bill that passed in 2012 that was tied up by a signature campaign. Our message is simple. Let us vote. The Lincoln City Council should not be allowed to circumvent the will of the citizens. So what is what is this bill? Well, it uh, uh, says that men can go into girls' bathrooms. It applies to private schools, not just to public schools. Uh, it prevents parents from helping their kids who are experienced gender dysphoria. It threatens to bankrupt families who instill traditional values in their children. Anyone who disagrees could be fined up to $50,000. This is what is happening. Now, they have to um, gather 4,137 signatures in 15 days. And then the city council will either have to repeal the ordinance or put it up for a referendum. Um, you know, obviously they're, they're hoping for a, well, killing it, but I think a referendum would be really, really good. So this is happening in Nebraska, Nebraska, some good news for you. Arizona house bill 2656 passed out of committee by a six to four vote. This is the vote on ESG scores. Uh, the biggest problem that they had are these conservatives, who are like, you know what? I mean, this is just the free market. It's not the free market. Well, have you shown anywhere where it's actually happening? Well, you look at Canada. Um, if you want to look at that, why would these companies spend all of this money? I mean, millions and millions of dollars. And, and then in the literature itself, why it was created was to be able to direct money to the things that the global governments think is really important. Social justice, uh, the environment, and governance. 
Why would they do all of those things and spend all this money and then not actually go through it? Do you really think that makes any sense? By the way, um, the letter from the CEO of Bank of America, we drive our progress on the SDGs through all of our efforts and activities. We do through so our operations, our philanthropy, and our human resource practices, our client financing capabilities, and the guidance we provide to our clients. So they are absolutely doing these things. Um, And anyone who has uh, any doubt, please... Contact us. We'll help straighten it. We'll help straighten this out. I've got a couple of questions here that were um, posed by uh, the Arizona Bank Association. Um, you know, the banks need to be free to make business decisions that they want to make. Yeah, that that's fine. That is fine. You can make any decision that you want, but not discrimination. Well, it's covered. I mean, that's covered, you know, anti-discrimination laws. No, no, that's for race, creed, religion. That's not for, I don't have a green house. I don't believe that the steps taken by the left are the correct steps to cure global warming. I don't have the right balance of people on my uh, board of directors. That's discrimination. No. It's fun and games with Vladimir Putin. We have President Biden uh, announcing some new sanctions soon. Uh, Also, great news this morning. Germany did say they're going to shut off the uh, pipeline. So uh, Putin responded with great. Have fun with $2,000 gas payments uh, every month. Uh, We are uh, hopefully not headed for any more than... High gas prices, high energy prices, you know, the things we can handle as Americans because we're standing on our principles. At least that's what Kamala Harris said. We also have in studio Mike Rowe, the host of The Way I Heard It, the CEO of uh, Mike Rowe Works Foundation and executive producer and host of Dirty Jobs. Mike Rowe joins us in 60 seconds. So I've been telling you for years now to invest part of your portfolio, if you have a portfolio, just to have some gold or silver uh, as as part of a hedge in case insanity hits. I don't know. I think it's safe to say insanity is here. 
This week only, Goldline is offering a special until Friday. This is something that I asked them to do years ago, to uh, put together an accumulation program um, for people who just didn't have a lot of money to buy gold. So for as little as $200 a month, you can work towards building a secure hedge against the coming insanity in the market. You don't know what's going to last? Well, the Bible tells us uh, that gold is where the world returns. We know this is going to happen again. Look what Turkey is doing. Turkey having problems with inflation. What do they do? They're inviting people to sell their gold back to the central bank. Isn't that a nice invitation? Goldline is offering a special until Friday when you sign up for their exclusive accumulation program. No other country uh, company offers this. Um, give yourself some peace of mind. Goldline will give you a one solid ounce of exclusive silver for free just as a thank you. Let the program work for you on a monthly schedule. The special offer is only available when you sign up at goldline.com. Visit their website today. Find out how to enroll or you can call them at 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Mr. Micro, my friend, how are you, sir? I'm great. You I'm, look I, exactly the same. I hate you. <laughs> you're like you're like Wesley Snipes. You never age. I thought you were going to go with like a Dorian Gray. Kind of thing. <laughs> no, yeah. no. I've used that a couple of times on people and they've been who? Who? And I'm like, no. Yeah. yeah. Look, yeah. if you have to explain it. Yeah. Right. If you yeah, have to yeah. explain an analogy, if you have to explain a joke, you mm-hmm. know, you usually realize halfway through the explanation. <laughs> you're like, probably shouldn't have started. It's it. not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth Long it. Long run for a short slide. So good to see you. You too. Uh, we're in quite a different world that we uh, were in when we feels like first it. Met. Yeah. Feels like it. I wonder sometimes, you know, I mean, it's so easy just to stare at the headlines and look at what's going on right in front of you and conclude or assume that we're truly in unprecedented times. And then, you know, you're a student of history. Mm-hmm. You look back, and it doesn't take a lot of imagination to, to, to think. Well, you know, the Civil War was a heck of a thing. Yeah. The Revolution was a big deal. Yeah. That whole well, World War think, II thing, right? Yeah, but I think we're past the. You know, the '60s were kind of tumultuous. <laughs> you know, '80s kind of sucked a little bit, and uh, '70s. I think we're. I think we're. We're left with the big ones. Well, at this point, we're all the stars of our own movie, right? We're all the lead in our own play. We're all the protagonist in our own tragedies, and so it's it's really difficult to look around and not and not cast ourselves at the center of all of this. We can't help it. It's the it's it's the fault in our stars, and it's also the thing I think that will inspire good men and women to stand up and be counted. And and, and they are. I mean, I did you so. you follow what was happening up in Canada? Oh, sure, the yeah. truckers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, those people. I mean, they're they're selling off their trucks today. Canadians, mm-hmm. the Canadian government is starting to auction off all their trucks. They haven't been charged with a crime. They haven't gone to have a court hearing. Nothing. You know what strikes me about all of this, and and maybe this is somewhat of a silver lining in it. I kind of feel like we're about to close the the loop, right? When this started, truckers were right on the leading edge of heroes yeah they were the very definition of essentiality yeah yeah in the course of two weeks right they Um, they literally went from hero to to villain yeah to goat you know and um and we've done that though with the nurses everything we've done that with police everybody everybody yes we are constantly changing the definition of words that for a long time we thought we understood 
And those definitions are evolving in real time. And if we question it, if we ask about it, well, they look at us like a cow looking at a new gate. Like, what do you, of course, infrastructure involves reparations. (laughs) Of course it does. Of course it does. Of course it does. Of course that protest was peaceful. What do you mean? You know, it's in so many ways uh, we've been asked, I think, to simply ignore what we're looking at and and pretend that a new language has come along with lots of words that we used to understand but no longer do it's confounding so how does this what, what happens next where do we i mean with everything that's going on in your opinion because you're connected to to people you're watching things you're an intelligent man well thank you uh what uh Except for the opera thing, but we make uh, mistakes. We all make mistakes. Yeah. Um, where, where does this go? Well, it's going to go splat. Now, I don't know exactly what splat means, but I do know. I think was it Churchill who said, "You know, when you're when you're marching through hell, always remember to keep going." Right. Mm-hmm. You got to get through it. Mm-hmm. And you know, does splat look like a war in Ukraine? Does it look like a, a third wave? Does it? I don't know. Um, but but I do believe we're getting close to some kind of tipping point, mm-hmm. some sort of critical, some sort of critical thing. Mm-hmm. This is such a tiny example. I hate I hesitate to even use it. But I, I had a moment last week. I, I was in San Francisco, of all places, meeting a friend in a diner and I walked in and there was nobody at the hostess stand. and I didn't have my mask on and I just walked. I could see him sitting right there 10 feet away in a booth. And a woman ran to the front screaming, sir, 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 I need to see your vaccination card. And I said, okay. And I had it. And I, and I showed it to her. And I started walking over to my friend. And, uh, and she said, and sir, you need to put a mask on. And I, I looked at her. And she looked at me. And she had her mask on. And I, I had one in my pocket. But Glenn, I do, the, for the first time during all of this, I smiled and I looked at her. And I said, I'm sorry, but I, I can't do that. I can't put a mask on to walk five feet to sit down and have lunch with my friend without a mask on. And the good part of the story is that there was a, there was a pause and she looked at me and she said, I understand (laughs) (laughs) and went about her business. Yeah. And I thought, wait a second, that's, so there's, you know, that's a tiny, 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 tiny little thing, but I, I feel a crumbling. I do too. I can feel it. I do too. And people, I don't know what it's, I don't know. I wouldn't want to bet on what an airport's going to look like in a month or a plane or a restaurant. I really don't know. What does that mean? Well, I think it just means that in that tiny little moment where the people who have to enforce the rules come face to face with the undeniable truth that the rules they've been forced to enforce are not rooted or are no longer rooted in anything that is logical. And at some point, good cops aren't going to arrest protesters at but some look, point. But at some point. Don't look know at where. how many cops in, in Canada just became cops I don't recognize. I know. But your question is, how long does that go on? My answer is, it's never gone on forever. And True. I, I, it, it's never gone on forever. forever. Yes. Um, let's talk about the bullcrap that is the unemployment rate. I keep hearing from the Federal Reserve, you know, our unemployment rate is is only four point five percent. I'm like, that's because you're no longer counting the people who are staying home because mm-hmm. you're paying them. Right. 
I mean, there can't we can't have a 4.5 unemployment rate when everywhere you go, you see help wanted everywhere. Talk about a jobs program. Right? Oh, my gosh. Um, yes, that was one of the very first conversations you and I had when you mm-hmm. invited me here years ago, which, by the way, um, it wouldn't be the same if I didn't thank you for doing that, because it did jumpstart my foundation. We're going to mm-hmm. give away another million dollars next month in work ethic scholarships, and we're doing it precisely to answer the question you just posed, which is, if we focus only on unemployment, you take your eye off the opportunities that exist. Mm-hmm. And the opportunities that exist right now are a little Unbelievable. north 11.1 million, right? There are so many open positions right now, and Glenn, not a week goes by where my foundation doesn't get a call from some large company, or more often than not, some association who is desperate, desperate to get out of their own way to hire more people. And they just don't quite know how. <laughs> the, I mean, and if you think about it, it's not a great mystery. Companies are often their own worst enemy when it comes to making a persuasive case for mm-hmm. why you should work there. Because mm-hmm. it all looks like advertising. It all mm-hmm. looks like marketing. And kids today, they've got such a bullcrap meter. They can smell it. They know when they're being marketed to. So what we've been doing for the last 14 years and more pointedly for the last five or six is award these work ethic scholarships and try and make a more persuasive case for the opportunities that do exist by confronting the stigmas and the stereotypes and the myths and the misperceptions that keep millions of people from even looking at a career in the trades where there is so much prosperity going on right now, you pedal spin. That that is I mean, I, I'm not sending my kids to college. I won't. They can they can go unless you want to go to Hillsdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going, I'm not paying for it because it's just an indoctrination program. And there's they there are trade <laughs> colleges and, and uh, 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 trades that you can apprentice in even sure. that are really good. You can make a lot of money and have a a pretty nice life. And those skills are going away, going every, away. Every five tradesmen that retire today are replaced by two. Now that, I think it was Lincoln, who he was talking about something else altogether, but he referred to a terrible arithmetic. Mm. A terrible arithmetic. He was talking about the, the death, of course, in the, in the Civil War. Um, this is just bad math in terms of anybody can look at this and say, you take five and put two back, do it every year for the next 10 years, and there's not much there. And that's what's been happening. We're, our trade force right now is so far north of 50 years of age, and nobody is making a compelling case for tens of thousands of open positions. And the mistake, Glenn, is people think constantly, this is a problem between employers and people who either are untrained or unwilling to work. And that's certainly true. But it's also a problem for anybody who shares my addiction to affordable electricity mm-hmm. and indoor plumbing mm-hmm. and smooth roads, mm-hmm. right? Our, our real infrastructure is I mean, hanging in the balance. One of the jobs, you know, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar with all of the numbers that are coming about AI, but a lot of jobs are going to be just destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the jobs that won't be destroyed, plumbers, right? AI can do new construction but it can't do it inside the house. Can't Won't be it. able to. That's right. I mean, those guys are going, they already, believe me, I redid my house. They already make a lot of money. Oh, you sure. know what I mean? And they don't have 
both plumbers, I had two different plumbers, um, uh, both of them said, I have tried to get people to apprentice with me. I want to pass this on to somebody else. I can't get anybody to work. They'll work two days and they'll go, what, I got to do all of this? This is a, a communications problem and it's a PR problem. And in my view, one of the most important things you can do and anybody who has some some influence Voice. is tell tell your plumber's story because he can't right he doesn't he all he can do is preach to the choir and commiserate with other plumbers and they shake their heads and they say yeah we can't we can't find anybody meanwhile the question we ought to be asking the rest you know the fat part of the bat the 300 million people in the country ought to be saying well how long do we want to wait for a plumber to come to yes. fix the toilet right you know obviously we also want to know how much we need to pay, but how long do you want to wait for the lineman to get up the pole? How long do you want to wait for the heating and air conditioning guy to come out here during the next big freeze, right? These questions impact everybody. And the the best way to address it, in my view, I love to talk about it and I'm, I'll find a bully pulpit and I'll, I'll pound my shoe mm -hmm. on the table forever. But we have to hear from the people who have prospered directly from mastering a skill that's in demand and gone to work. And until we do, our kids are just not going to buy it. Uh, back in just a minute, more with Mike Rowe. First, let me tell you about Car Shield. When it comes to, you know, the thing that takes you back and forth every day to work, soccer games, grocery store, doctor's office, uh, you have some skin in the game here. When your car breaks down, are you prepared for that? Whether your car has 5,000 or 150,000 miles on it, they have monthly coverage options for all budgets at carshield.com. And you, are, you have locked-in options. This is not going to go up as the price of a mechanic or parts go up. You're paying what you said you were going to pay, and it's locked in for you. They make it easy to get your car fixed as well. You can choose the mechanic or let them take care of everything. Um, they take care of the payment. You don't have to wait around for them to reimburse you. You can get rental car options as well as roadside assistance and trip reimbursement. All at no extra cost. They have helped millions of drivers. Call them today. Get a free quote. I have a, uh, I have a couple of trucks that are just going to drive until the doors fall off. And I know uh, what they have saved me with CarShield. They've saved me a buttload of money. I would have long ago sold those trucks and then had to go buy a new truck, which I don't want to do. They work fine when they work. CarShield, carshield.com slash Beck. Call them now, 800-391-8888. Save 10% on your plan, carshield.com slash Beck, 1-800-391-8888. Deductible may apply. 10 seconds, station ID. So, so Mike, the um, can we continue the conversation about jobs that are going to last uh, mm -hmm. through AI? Are you up on that at all? Are you looking into this stuff? Yeah, I've. I mean, 
I think so. And by AI, you mean artificial intelligence. Intelligence and the... You Not know. artificial insemination, which I'm <laughs> no. also prepared to speak <laughs> no, on no, at I, great length, if you'd no, like. No, no, that's, uh, that's good. It's that's an, good. <laughs> you know, early on in Dirty Jobs, there was a delightful bit of confusion. Yes. When I told the, uh, the network, yes, I've got a handle on a great AI job. And they were delighted. They thought we were going to come back with a, big, with a big piece on robots. And I had my arm up to my shoulder in a cow. And they got everybody fired. That is the first time I... Uh, I did that it's a yeah yeah it's a heck of a thing it's a heck of a thing and you learn why that guy doesn't have one sleeve <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's right and and why that cow backs up every time right. he walks every time the you see, oh, oh no not that this guy. again <laughs> not this no it's bizarre uh it goes to uh language though again right i mean it's a it, it so much is swirling around you say ai i hear one thing somebody else hears something else well, I, I, I'm, what I'm wondering is we are going to we're going to live in a world where you have to be retrained for something new yes. all the time. That's coming. Uh, and we don't seem to have that work ethic mm. anymore. It's, it feels like it's being beaten out of us. Well, we've we've wrung it out of ourselves. We've look, it's very, very tempting to if if if, if the guys at Car Shield can come out and take care of a problem that you're dad would have taken care of himself once upon a time yeah. right that's a slow creep it's not a bad thing it's the very existence of companies like that uh that i think is telling because more and more of us are are increasingly disconnected from the business of work i can't change my oil i can't even find it anymore no you can't you can't go in and change it's all chips you that's can't right. even run a diagnostic you i mean i we've placed a lot of uh mechanics through our foundation and i'm telling you these guys they're they're it's it it's not quite rocket science but when you open the hood and look oh, yeah. down at that thing it's pretty close oh yeah you need to be a software engineer. yeah no it's completely different so Look, AI is... It, and, you know, and let me tell you a story. Yeah. I have an old car that has a uh, carburetor. Mm-hmm. I drove it across the country last, and I got up into the Rocky Mountains. That thing was <laughs> dying on me. It's sure. like, I need air, I need air. I couldn't find anyone who knew how to adjust a car. I don't know how. Yeah. No one. And they were, this is the honest to God truth. One guy in that town said, you know... There is an old guy that used to fix his old tractors. I might be able to get a hold of him. And I'm right. like, holy cow, this is a lost art. Yeah. I mean, it's a carburetor. Right. Our dads used to do that. Look, I think it was Huxley. I think it was Huxley who said the, uh, the greatest enemy of freedom is anarchy. But the second greatest enemy is efficiency. And not effectiveness efficiency mm-hmm. so when you talk about ai it, to me i immediately think of uh-oh we're we're we've fallen in love with efficiency as opposed to effectiveness effectiveness still has in my mind anyway a human component humans are effective machines are efficient right mm-hmm. and somewhere in all that is a lesson and something to be wary of <laughs> i have a feeling We'll learn it after. We'll learn it the hard way. We'll learn it the hard way. Mike Rowe, thank you so much. Mike's going to be on uh, the podcast that you will hear on Thursday if you are a member of The Blaze and Saturday, wherever you get your podcast. Mike Rowe from Mike Rowe Works uh, Foundation. You can follow him uh, at MikeRowe.com. The Glenn Beck Program.
Let me tell you, there is one thing that I think should be in every person's house, and that is the Tuttle Twins book. It's a series of books uh, that uh, teach our kids about hard work, teach our kids about why our nation was founded, teach our kids uh, why small government is best, how companies work, why a free market, a truly free market will always beat everything else. Right now, um, there are the books for the kids and also for the teenagers in your life. Ayn Rand uh, in Atlas Shrug, um, she was she tackled things, you know, on, on if you had to make your own car, your own clothes, your own root beer. How would your perspective change on what you and everyone else, you know, deserve? How would it change? That's the subject of the Tuttle Twins and the search for Atlas, as in Atlas Shrugged. Get these books now. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get a discount and bonuses today. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program today. Uh, Mike Rowe is uh, with us. Did you see the Putin interview or the Putin hour long? Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> it was I don't know. Yeah. No, it was a speech, I guess, but not really. Yeah. I don't think he had prompter. Look, I mean, I, I, I applaud improvisational free association when yeah. it's done really, really well. But yeah. um, not to say that it wasn't done well. It's just more terrifying. <laughs> right? It's, 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 it because you, really was. Because you have to assume what you're really, truly hearing is what he really, truly thinks. Yeah. There is no script to wander from. Correct. He's he's just talking to you. Yeah. And what did you learn? Uh, I learned that um, he was not really super pleased with the way the Cold War ended (laughs) and thought maybe um, the time had come to uh, do a little course correct. Right. That's what I heard. But he also wasn't about... He didn't like Lenin. He didn't like Stalin. He didn't like Khrushchev. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, it was... He put a lot of dots on the table, uh, and I'm, I don't quite know how to And they were them. kind of crazy dots. So the question is, is he trying to be the guy with the twit? Is he trying to be like Donald Trump where you're like, that guy just might do it? Yeah. Is that what he's doing, well, or is he really that guy? I, and I'm not sure it's a distinction with much of a difference anymore. You know, we, you, 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 we don't get to know. We don't get to know unless we're keen to find out. And... Again, what that means, it's back to the splat conversation. And I, I don't know. I, I, but Ty Biden's up to the task. <laughs> well, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down again on, on the language. Mm-hmm. I, what we're watching happen to our lexicon right now is just breathtaking. They're talking about, was it an invasion? Is it an invasion? A, an army just crossed a border. But mm, maybe, you know what? It's not an invasion. It's, a, it's an outing. With with weapons, so I mean, it, well, it's just, he just—it was so wild. He just sat down, signed a paper yesterday, and said, "Yep, it's ours." Yep, right. and that's it, my boy. Who are you signing that paper? Who's that agreement with? I don't know. I don't. I, what I do know that scares me is that everybody's watching. It's not just us. It's not just interested people in our country. Everybody in the world is watching real hard. A lot of people are going to take their cues from 
whatever we do or whatever we don't do. You're keen uh, on news watching. You you are a very well-educated man, and you also uh, pay attention to what's going on. I try. Is this why you were uh, one of the original people asked to uh, host The Daily Show? <laughs> um no, I think that, I mean, that was a long time ago. I, I know, but you would have been fantastic. Well, it would that. have been a different show. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I don't know that it would still be on. <laughs> um, but no, I was actually hired uh, twice to host that show. I auditioned the first time, uh, got an offer, and over the weekend, uh, ESPN let Craig Kilborn out of his contract, and they changed their mind. And then a year later, when Kilborn left, uh, Comedy Central called again and said, look, everybody here loves you. We're going to bring you back. 99% sure it's yours. The only way you don't wind up hosting The Daily Show, Mike, is if this, <laughs> this is a direct quote, is if this cheap-ass network somehow comes up with a big pile of money for Norm MacDonald or Kevin Nealon or John Stewart, but that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Three days later, yeah. John signed a $4 million what? deal. I was like, I can't believe it. <laughs> so I crawled through sewers for 12 well, years instead. <laughs> what was it like to, to know mm-hmm. we really want somebody else, but that's not going to happen? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's... Well, it, again, it's that whipsaw effect of certainty and uncertainty. It's, it's you know, Lucy is holding the football. And Charlie Brown is running at it, you know. And now first time, you know, he falls on his back and, you know, mm-hmm. that's his bad. Second mm-hmm. time, he's got nobody to blame but yeah. himself. You know, third time. <laughs> so, so look. That, <laughs> Did it, you think it was going to happen the third time? No, the third time. I, I didn't wait around for the third time. Yeah, okay. I thought, look, this is just go another way. The, the universe is giving you a sign. You know what they did? They actually offered me a correspondent role. And at the same time, Dick Clark offered me a game show for the FX network. And so I, I hosted 40 episodes of a game show nobody ever saw. Yeah, I would have gone with Dick Clark, too. You know, how do you not? I mean, yeah. she's Dick Clark, Did right? you meet him? Oh, yeah. What was he like? What a genius that guy was. Well, he he was... Is this before the stroke? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this was 1997, 1998, maybe, mm-hmm. I guess. He, um, he was insouciant. In that way that pretend that some members of the audience, (laughs) not me, of course, you don't know what you sip is insouciance, right? (laughs) Okay, it's Google. Let's do it. It's it's good. It's um, it it's a it's a level of relaxation that many people try and imitate. But you can see when people are faking it on Mm -hmm. TV, right? Dick Clark was really relaxed. He was so comfortable with who he was as a host. And he, he so completely understood how to do his job that it relaxed everyone around him. Mm-hmm. And he brought that same sensibility into being a producer. And that's why Dick Clark Productions really is still standing long after he's gone. He, um, he gave me some terrific advice. He only said one thing to me. We did 40 episodes of the show called No Relation. And uh, after the first episode, he said, hey, Mike, I just love everything you're doing. Your instincts are really good. One bit of advice. When you walked out on the stage, you said, hi, everybody. I'm Mike Rowe. Welcome to No Relation. And you went through your thing. Here's the thing. I know you're talking to everybody. I know we're broadcasting. But they're home, Mm -hmm. right? You're just talking to them. Mm -hmm. Just say hi. And I thought, son of a gun. That's why you're Dick Clark. Yeah. You know? Hi, it's Dick. Nice to see you. 
I, it bothers me so much. That's one of the earliest things I ever learned. It bothers me so much when I hear people say, hi, ladies and gentlemen, or hi, <laughs> everyone. It, it's, it's a wasted opportunity. It is, because I feel as though I have a, I could feel this at Fox. I feel it here. I feel one person. Mm-hmm. I don't feel a crowd. You're so good at this instinctively, and it's so it's it's a hard lesson to teach. But people in broadcasting have grown suspicious of of beginnings and ends, and so when you come into your show, you're right. You're almost always finishing up doing something else. So the the listener has this sense that okay, you're not just sitting here waiting for somebody to say action, yeah. even though we kind of are. Yeah. Right. Other things are happening. Other conversations are going on. And so the degree to which you can incorporate any level of genuine behind-the-scenes activity goes straight to authenticity. Mm-hmm. And Dick Clark knew that, too. Yeah. And so did Dirty Jobs. Um, let, me, let me switch to uh, MicroWorks, because tomorrow you begin uh, awarding these scholarships, right? Yeah, yeah. So, how, A, how do people uh, apply and... Mm-hmm. What is the what's the process? How do you select these people? There's some hoops to go through, but not a lot. We award work ethic scholarships, and which means what? Which means we're affirmatively looking for people who are not interested in pursuing a four year degree, but learning a skill that's in demand. People who are excited about showing up early, staying late, and doing whatever it takes along the way to distinguish themselves on the job. Boy, those are rare. They are rare. Rare. But when you find it. Boy, when you find it. So we've been doing this now. Foundation's been around for 14 years. We've been handing out scholarships for about six or seven. We try and do at least a million a year. And tomorrow, uh, this year, we actually raised more. So I've got a a decent chunk of money. And we're looking for people to go to microworks.org, fill out a work ethic scholarship application. You have to make a case for yourself. I want to see video. I want to see an essay, right? I don't care about your GPA, but I do care about your attendance. I care about your references, and I ask for these things. Mm. I, you, you need to sign the sweat pledge. Skills mm-hmm. and work ethic aren't taboo. You need to agree to 12 tenets that I put out there years ago, and not everyone agrees with them. And every year, Glenn, I wind up telling angry parents who don't want their kids to sign the sweat pledge that it's entirely possible this particular pile of free money might not be for you. Okay? <laughs> and, 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 you know, I, Do you really have parents that say, oh, sure. I... I I would give anything to uh, to have uh, my children really understand hard work. And it's really hard because nothing in society is showing that. Mm-hmm. Nothing in society is showing that. Well, we've affirmatively identified work as the enemy as the proximate cause of our unhappiness. And that's a logical thing to do if you define your boss as the wretch who is making you do things that you don't want to do. It all, it all follows the same sort of self-defeating course, but it starts with saying, if you're unhappy, if you're not satisfied with your job, it's the job's problem, right? That's yeah. where job satisfaction that's why it's such, again, the language fools you into thinking the job has some power to satisfy you. If that were the case, well, all stockbrokers would be happy and all garbage men would be miserable. Mm-hmm. But that is far from the case. I have to tell you, um, I this back in the 90s, 
I was uh, working at uh, three stations and I was I was running them and mainly into the ground. But I was running them. <laughs> and uh, and Stu could verify. Right. I was there for right that one. Ground, yes, right exactly. Right on that. Uh, and they wanted to fire me. But my contract for the radio show was so big they didn't want to pay it out. So they just wanted to make me miserable. Mm-hmm. And so they fired me. And I went from the top guy. And the guy who came in said, I want you to make all the dubs. And that is a production job that is the lowest on the ladder. That's what I was doing at 14 years old. Sure. And um, at first, I was really upset about it. And uh, I happened to be talking that day. I went to my friend who was very, very spiritual and said, and she said, uh, why are you so upset? Isn't I thought you were praying to be humbled. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but not like this. <laughs> not, and, and not this way. <laughs> and... Uh, And it totally changed my point of view. And I came in the next day and I said, thank you. These are going to be the best dubs anyone has ever done. And it drove him out of his mind, which I can tell you did add a little joy to my life. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Unexpectedly, I didn't think he would be joyful, but it, it was true. You choose. And if you choose to look at it as something I don't want to do, or if you choose to look at it as something this I'm going to learn something from. Well, look, if you think there's a difference between a good job and a bad job or a clean job and a dirty job, then then you might as well throw Dr. King out the window, too. Right. I mean, the dignity of being the best street sweeper you can possibly be isn't limited to the business of sweeping streets. It's that's such good advice because it opens the door to so many other things. Mm -hmm. That's. If and you, I don't think that's been more true than it is right now. It's certainly never been more important, but yeah. it's also never been more suspect because people can't look at the ladder. They only look at the rung mm-hmm. and they forget that the most important rungs on that ladder are the ones at the bottom. They're mm-hmm. the ones where you start. Mm-hmm. And so if you arbitrage the dignity out of dubbing tapes, mm-hmm. then you have to ask yourself, well, what happens if the tapes don't get dubbed? And watch the trickle effect all the way up mm-hmm. to the guy who's got the big fat contract mm-hmm. who suddenly can't throw to a break in a proper way mm-hmm. or who suddenly, right? So it's all connected and we've we've gone about the business of disconnecting ourselves if work is a mosaic and i believe it is or a quilt that's held together then we're held together by by that same thing so when we talk about essential jobs versus non-essential or blue collar versus white collar we set ourselves up for certain failure Mike Rowe, uh, please check out his uh, foundation. Uh, you can find him at micro.com or follow him at microworks on Twitter. Uh, blinds.com, as the weather is warming up. Yeah, right. It was 85 here yesterday. Tomorrow, we have an ice storm coming. I, uh, it's time to start sprucing up the place, giving it all the TLC. You maybe, uh, you know, maybe got away from you, and uh, now... You're looking at your house and spring is here and you're going to you want to just a different kind of feel to the house. One of the first places to start is with your window treatments. It is the easiest, the fastest and the cheapest way to really dramatically change the feeling of your whole house. And you can do just a room or the whole house with blinds.com, the number one online retailer of custom window coverings with over 40,000 five star reviews. Their free professional design consultants are always there to help you out. With blind shade, shutters, whatever you need. It's blinds.com. They have you covered and they want to celebrate you in 2022 with huge savings. So shop blinds.com now and save up to 35% site wide. 
Blinds.com, 35% off right now, site-wide. It's Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The Glenn Back Program. So we seem to be having trouble, trouble defining Ukraine even anymore. These are now just pro-Russia regions that he has taken. Not, not, not Ukrainian regions that are pro-Russia. It'd be like taking South Dakota and Canada just rolls in and is like, yeah, a lot of people really liked us up here. Yeah, they're pro. They're pro Canadian regions. regions of not even of America. Yeah, it's just no, pro Canadian regions. Right. That's the, that's what no. C- it's called South Dakota. Yeah, North Dakota. Yeah, CNN is that's how they're describing them, which is kind of started this conversation off the air, where they legitimately call Putin orders troops into pro Russia regions. Um, now they they included Eastern Ukraine on one of their um, uh, at least they included that on yeah. one of them but like isn't isn't this like if vladimir putin was writing a banner wouldn't he call these just pro-russia regions what does that mean i mean i don't know what the polls are he there. rolled into three regions of the ukraine right and then he He's signed a treaty ukraine. i think with himself right yesterday there was this big <laughs> treaty signing thing he's got all these documents and he's signing it like uh, it's a big momentous moment what is it i give these three regions of Ukraine to me. It's like, what? <laughs> it's, a, it's a good gig if you can get it. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. Because he's named the people who get to lead these regions. He's empowering them. They're obviously puppet regimes, essentially, of a region that is still part of Ukraine. And now they're like, well, look, if they come in any farther, then we're really going to get upset. Yeah. Like what happened? The whole minor like, incursion thing was a typical Biden gaffe. You mentioned this earlier. He just blurts out something which is right. he believes is, is true, but he's not supposed to say. It's like if a robber comes in and they only are in your living room and your formal dining room. And you're like, ah, well, they're only robbing that part of the house. So the police really shouldn't come. I mean, that's probably happening in Minnesota, right. but I mean, no, they're robbing my house. Even if they're only in two rooms of my house, they're robbing my house. That's a minor incursion, but it's just it's your minor. kids' bedrooms. Don't worry about you're right, it. You're mm-hmm. right. This is the Glenn.